Welcome to the Minister's Mantle Teaching Library of Pastor Jay Everly. This message is designed to impart a spirit of faith into your spirit and prepare you to flow skillfully with the ministry mantle God has for you in these end times. Here's Pastor Jay. Colossians chapter number four, I want you to notice, Paul is writing here by the Spirit of God to a minister, and he said something that has always stuck out to me. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Amen. That's why you're here. You've received a ministry from the Lord. Haven't you? Amen. You've received a call to ministry. You've received an, an anointing to stand in that ministry. If you are genuinely called, you've got an anointing to operate in that ministry. And so he said here that there is a ministry that you have received of the Lord. Amen. That's the ministry you are to take heed to. Amen. I said, that's the ministry you are to take heed to. Take heed, pay attention, in other words, to the ministry that you have received of the Lord. In other words, not one that you wanted, not one that somebody else has that you're desiring. Not one that's in the image of what somebody else is doing across town, amen, or somebody else is doing that has a big ministry, but the one you've received of the Lord, I, I, amen, because you've received something of the Lord just as much as somebody else that's, that's, you know, successful in ministry has received of the Lord. So he said, take heed to the ministry that you have received of the Lord. Why to take heed to it that thou fulfill it? In other words, carry that ministry out. Be faithful to that. Praise God. So uh, there's so much uh, temptation in ministers' lives to, get, to look on what somebody else is doing and start lusting after what God gave to somebody else. I might go ahead and preach this morning. Amen. And start saying, well, you know, I... I, I, I need to do what they're doing and get out and be unfaithful and become unfaithful to the ministry that you've received of the Lord yourself. Amen. You're diff- you are different than me. I'm different than you. We, we all have a unique call, a unique anointing, a unique place in the body of Christ. And uh, if you try to be like me, you're only ever going to be able to attain second best of, of Pastor Jay Eberly. Because you can't be the best Pastor Jay Eberly that there is because I'm going to always be the best Pastor Jay Eberly. Amen. So what God's called you to do, glory in that. And don't let somebody say, well, because you're not doing this or doing that, then what you're doing is not important or, or you're, you're, not, you're not successful or because you don't have a big name or you're not on TV or, you know, something of that nature. Nothing wrong with having a big name, being on TV. But my point is, what, what did God call you to do? If he called you to do something else than that, then don't let somebody else look down their nose at you. 
as if you're not important. You know, the Bible said over there in 1 Corinthians 12, the head cannot say to the feet, I have no need of thee. The eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of thee. We all need one another. I need you. You need me. We, we all have a place. God has set us, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he set us in the church as it pleased our mother-in-law. Is that what he said? As it pleased grandma, she prayed for us. No, it's, he set us in the church as it pleased him. We're where we are, have what we have, and are who we are because he put us in the body as it pleased him. Glory to God. I mean, just bloom where you're planted. Just bloom where you're planted. You know, you can't be faithful where you are when you're lusting for something somewhere else. Amen. Well, I, I want to have a big ministry. Well, uh, you, you know, God wants you to reach many, many people, all right. But yeah, right on the other hand, what's your motive for that? I said, what's your motive for that? Is it so you could be a big wig? I don't know what you call it here. <laughs> A big chief? <laughs> Amen. Is it so you can have your name out there where everybody knows you and you're somebody? Well, you're not in the ministry then. Right. Ministry is about being a blessing. Ministry is about reaching people. It's not about you. Poke your neighbor and say, you know, he's already preaching pretty good. You ought to say amen. 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 Hallelujah. No, it's about what God's plan is. And really, success has to be defined correctly or you'll get out of the plan of God. Amen. Success does not equal a big building. Amen. Success does not, uh, or let's put it this way, having a jet airplane to travel in does not equal success. It might mean success, but it doesn't automatically mean success. I'm not criticizing anybody that has a jet airplane because you hide and watch, you're going to see I'll have one. But I'm just simply saying we got to define success correctly. What is success? Standing before him and hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Good and what? Faithful. Faithfulness is success. Are you doing what he called you to do? See, you can have a big church, a big building, and have thousands of people coming every weekend to your church. And God look at you and say, he's not even successful because he's not doing what I told him to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Shucking the corn. We say, in Iowa, when you take the corn and you take the husk off of it and you pop the kernels off of it so you can eat the corn, we call it shucking the corn. <laughs> Amen. That's what I'm doing. I'm shucking the corn. And so there's a ministry that you have received of the Lord. He said there in that verse, take heed to that. Fulfill that. Amen. you got to know that everything produces after its kind. What do I mean by that? If you'll be faithful to serve the plan of God, God has for you in your life with a right heart, 
and with the desire to do nothing but be faithful to the Lord and let him exalt you in any way he wants to at any time that he wants to and, and make you a greater blessing, more influential in the body of Christ. Let you let him do that and not try to promote yourself into something that God has not counted you faithful yet enough to put you in that place. Promotion comes from the Lord. You know, we've got too much self-promotion in the body of Christ. You know, if I rub shoulders with this big big name minister or somebody, then they'll recognize the gift in me, and I'll be a big chief. What's your motive? Is that the ministry that you have received of the Lord? Before we leave, you'll be happy about what I'm preaching about. Amen. Success is defined as finishing what God said, being faithful to what God said do and finishing what God said do. No more, no less. Whether you become well known in that or not, that's not your motive. Your motive is to be faithful. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people when you get to heaven who are tremendously rewarded that you didn't even know they ever lived on the earth. It's not about being seen. Amen. You might come to a conference like this and think, you know, well, you know, they're over here to maybe raise up their name or something like that. You know, if you knew me, you'd, you'd find out I'd rather stay back in Iowa and live out in the woods. I don't need people to recognize me to be happy. I, my, my, my uh, fulfillment, my identity is not in how people see me. It's uh, who I am in Christ. Who I am in Christ. Amen. Whether anybody ever thinks I'm important or not, you, you might not know it. I don't know. You don't know me, so you wouldn't know. But it doesn't mean, in the, in the United States, we say, it doesn't mean a hill of beans to us. <laughs> to me, I just don't even care. Yes, sir. Really, literally don't even care. Yes, but I have to be faithful to God. So when he says, I want you to do this and this, I say, all right, Lord, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes, can you see what I'm talking about? We're going to examine ourselves this morning. Hallelujah. So I need to finish what I started saying. Everything produces after its kind. You're faithful to serve God's plan, have the right heart. Then what will happen is God will send you people who are faithful to serve God's plan to help you in that. But if you're just serving your own plans and your own desire and concocting the, the, the ministry that you want to have in your mind and pursuing that rather than the ministry you've received of the Lord, you know, you've got wrong motives. Amen. Everything produces after its kind. In other words, you're going to attract people to your ministry who have wrong motives. If you want to attract the real the, the, the best God has, the best workers in your church who have the right heart, they don't have any ulterior motives, aren't there just so you can, you can give them recognition and put them on your platform. You want to attract people who are faithful and loyal, and, and they'll be there when the chips are down, huh? you know, whenever it's going through, you're going through a hard time. Then that's the kind of person you're going to have to be. No ulterior motives in yourself. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. People with wrong motives under you do not bless you. 
Amen. I don't know why I got so quiet on that. But everything produces after its kind. Everything. So if you have a wrong motive, you're going to have only those kind of people in your ministry, and they're going to cause you problems from now until the day Jesus comes. So why don't you just lay aside all the wrong motives and just say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be faithful to what God called me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do this verse here. Take heed to the ministry I've received of the Lord, and I'm going to fulfill that, be faithful to that, not, not compete with my brother across town, try to have a bigger church than he has. Amen. And just serve God out of a pure heart. Hallelujah. Do you realize that the ministry of your own design, one that uh, you have concocted, one that you have invented rather than the one you've received of the Lord, that yoke is a hard yoke. The Bible says the Lord's yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. So his yoke, as opposed to the one you get in, his yoke is easy. Amen. If it's not easy, maybe you should examine whether you, you're in the right ministry. You're in the right place in the body of Christ. See, there's a place all of us fit in the body of Christ. There's a place that grace is laboring in you to function in that place. I said there's a place, God. There, there's, there's grace laboring in you to make you what God designed for you to be. Amen. And, and that grace, the Bible calls it over in Hebrews 4, 16. He talks about go to the throne of grace. We might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Grace is God's help. Grace is God's help. So listen, if it's hard, you might want to ask yourself the question, why is there not help on this? Why is there not help? Why? It, maybe it's because I'm doing this all on my own and God's not helping me because I'm in the wrong place of ministry. I'm not fulfilling the ministry I've received of the Lord. You know, we got a, young, a lot of young preachers coming up. Thank God for it. But sometimes uh, they, 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 their, their call is not, sometimes this is not so, but sometimes it is. Their call is not forever them to lead their own ministry. In other words, to be the head pastor or to, you know, be the leader of a ministry. But they're called to help somebody else. And that's their call for the rest of their life sometimes. Not always, you understand. I'm not saying always. But sometimes that's their highest place in the body of Christ that they'll ever, they'll, they'll ever that, that God's plan is for them to succeed in. Amen. But sometimes they get it in their head that they, they, they don't want to be submitted to somebody else anymore. They want to have their own ministry. So they go across town and open some little some little hole in the wall building. You know what I'm talking about? And they uh, start a church and they run the first service. They run two people and that's him and his wife. The next service they have two people and that's him and his wife. Then the third service they got two people and that's him and his wife. The next service, they got three people because grandma had pity on them, decided she show up. And they do that for year after year, and they never do get above 10, 15, 20 people. Maybe they ought to, maybe they ought to go examine, is this the ministry that I've received of the Lord? Is this what God called me to do? Or did I just want to, I just couldn't submit to somebody else anymore. You'll never succeed being, a, being out of the grace of God. Doing the ministry that you've, you've concocted or invented within your own mind. 
because there's no help. Heaven's not obligated to help you. Amen. I said heaven's not obligated to help you in that situation. God is not committed to what he has not commissioned. I said God is not committed to what he has not commissioned. If he commissioned it, he's committed to it. But if he hasn't, you're on your own. To make success out of whatever ability you have in the natural. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain to build it, the Bible says. Labor in vain. Those are two words I don't want anybody to ever speak in a sentence concerning my ministry. I don't want those two words to be in the same sentence. Vain labor. Amen. Why? Because I want to be fruitful. I want to bear fruit. Not just activity, fruit. Not just a lot of activity. Not just a lot of noise. But fruit. Real results. Real changed lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, uh, you know, we don't want to, the Bible said, oh, I'm quoting Psalm 127, verse number one. Maybe some of you know it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain to build it. And so what we see there then is if the Lord's not in it and his power is not backing you up and he's not helping you, then you're going to labor. There's going to be a lot of labor. And then it's all going to be vain. In other words, it'll be fruitless. The devil will have access to it because you're in the flesh. You're not in the spirit. You're not doing what God called you to do. What he talked to you about in your heart. Amen. See, people get bored with what God's having them do because, because they, you know, there's a lot of routine to it. Well, welcome to the ministry. There's a lot of routine to the ministry. You can't get bored. That's your job to not get bored. But they get bored with what they're doing, so they want to change, so they go do something else that's not the ministry that they received of the Lord. And they're going to get over there and go labor, and it's going to be a lot of work. We work in the ministry, but I've got help backing me up. It's not all based on my hard work. It's based on the, 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 the power of God coming on what I'm putting my hand to, causing it to succeed. Glory to God. But without the Lord's help, if the Lord's not building the house, they're going to labor in vain to build it. It's going to be a lot of labor with no help, and it'll all be vain. Number one, down here, it'll never be a success. Number two, whenever they get to heaven, they'll receive no reward for it. Amen. Because we only get rewarded for obedience and faithfulness. Not because we built some big building or, you know, you might, you might think the way I'm preaching this morning, I'm opposed to big buildings, big churches, big numbers of people or success or any kind of prosperity. I'm not opposed to a bit of it. I believe God wants us to reach millions of people, hundreds of millions of people. Amen. But you got to be faithful to the Lord in the ministry he's given you and not get to lusting for something he gave to somebody else. Tell your neighbor, amen, that's the truth. That's what he's preaching is the truth. Amen. So he's not committed to what he's not commissioned. Amen. If it's not from the Lord, you will not be, it will not be fulfilled by his power. 
In other words, his power won't come on you to do your own plan. Amen. Amen. Fulfilling your ministry begins with knowing what it is that you have received from the Lord. How are you going to take heed to the ministry you've received of the Lord if you don't know what that is? Huh? There are people that are out ministering, but they don't, they've never heard from God on what to do. There are people running, but they're running in the wrong race. There are people prophesying, but the, the God hasn't spoken. Amen. There are people that said God said whenever they didn't even get in their prayer closet and hear from God. It's interesting God didn't say that until they heard another minister say God spoke to them. Then they say, oh, well, that's I hear God speaking to me. No, that was God speaking to that other minister. That's not God speaking to you. We, we worked with Brother Hagin there in the healing school under Kenneth Hagin and, and, and Kenneth Hagin Ministries there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. How many of you have heard of his ministry, by the way? Praise the Lord. Kenneth E. Hagin, he's now in heaven. But we worked with Kenneth E. Hagin there in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the healing school for six years. And uh, there, the Lord told Brother Hagin to start the healing school that he, he started. And uh, there was a whole filing cabinet of testimonies of people that received healing from everything from soup to nuts. You know, I don't know if you know what that means. But, I mean, people got healed from everything. Everything. I mean, just amazing power of God flowing in that healing school. But anyway, people would call Brother Hagin after he stood up and said, the Lord told me to start a healing school. People would call Brother Hagin and say, well, you know, the Lord told us now to do the same thing. Then they would say, how do we do it? And he wrote back and said, if the Lord told you to do it, he'll tell you how to do it. And if he don't tell you how to do it, he hadn't told you to do it. No, the Lord didn't, the Lord didn't speak to them. They just caught a vision somebody else had from the Lord. You know, God speaking to somebody else is not God speaking to you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but it's a success. I know because God spoke to them. Right. You go do it and you're going to fall flat on your face. That's right. Amen. 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 Let me tell you what it comes back to. Having a prayer life. Amen. Having fellowship with Jesus. Amen. Not just pulling sermons out of a can or, or, or getting somebody's sermon off the internet. Amen. But getting in the presence of God, hearing from God for yourself, knowing what he's saying to your heart, praying in the Holy Ghost, getting your mind renewed with the word of God. And then when the Holy Ghost gives you a vision and says, this is what I want you to do, then you get busy about it. And when somebody else is doing something else, that's not your business. You remember whenever Jesus was raised from the dead over there in John 21, in fact, go over there. I'll just show it to you. Praise God. John 21. It tells us about uh, Jesus meeting the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And uh, something very interesting happened here. It kind of starts, you remember whenever Jesus had uh, been crucified, Peter had denied him three times. Jesus appears to him after he's raised from the dead and said three times, do you love me, Simon? Simon, son of, Je son of Jonas, loves me. Yes, I do. Then feed my sheep. Remember that? Three times. He got him to undo that wrong confession three times. 
But then Peter, uh, the Bible said, Jesus said that uh, there in verse number 19, he said unto Peter, follow me. Peter turned about and seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on, the breast, on, on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter seeth him say, that's John, you know. Peter seeth him and said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? So here's what's happening. Jesus is talking to Peter. He got him to uh, restore that relationship by saying, I love you, Jesus. I'll feed your sheep three times. And then and Peter said, uh, or Jesus started walking away and he said, Peter, come with me, follow me. And so he's walking with him. And you, and you read the whole story. You'll find that Jesus, when, when he took him to that little, on that little walk, he took him aside and he was telling him about his ministry, what kind of ministry he was going to have. And he was telling him how he was going to finish his course and how it would be at the end, how he would die and so forth. And while Jesus is talking to Peter about his own ministry, he turns around and sees John coming. John, you see, he's hungry. He's wanting to go, wherever Jesus is, I want to be. So he sees John coming. And he, Peter turns around and says, John, uh, uh, Lord, what about him? How's his life going to go? What's his ministry going to be like? And look at Jesus' answer here. Look at, look at what Jesus said. He said, verse 21, he said him and said, Lord, what shall this man do? And Jesus said unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So when I said you get in your prayer closet and God speaks to you and says, this is the ministry I have for you. Yeah. Amen. 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 What's somebody, then you get busy doing that. That's right. Amen. Get busy doing that. Yes, Amen. Be faithful to that. Yes, Amen. And then when you see somebody else doing something else, well, Lord, but Lord, yeah, but, but he's doing something else. And he'll say, what business is that of yours? What business is that of yours? Let me give you the answer. It's none of your business. Amen. Before his master, he'll stand or fall. Before your master, Jesus, you'll stand or fall. So poke your neighbor and say, really, to be honest, it's none of my business what God told you to do. Amen. We say in the United States, keep your nose in your own business. Amen. Stop sticking your nose in everybody else's business. Well, I'm going to go over here and find out how here he's doing it. And then whenever you find out, here, okay, I'm going to bring that back and I'm going to do that in my church. You do that in your church and it'll fall flat on his face. Because you didn't hear God speak to you. That's not the ministry you've received of the Lord. You just got that from somebody else. God spoke to them about doing that. He didn't speak to you about doing that. This is freedom, folks. It's freedom. It's freedom. You know why you can't do what somebody else is doing? Because you don't have the anointing they have. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Amen. You know, I could come. We, we know how to do it. I could come here to Nigeria and fill up big stadiums full of people, have evangelistic meetings. And uh, get a lot of people saved. But that's not what the Lord told me to do. Amen. He told me years ago that when the day would come, I would be ministering to ministers. Amen. And years ago, he said, if you, you obey me, see, that, that we have to obey the plan of God. 
But he said, you obey me, and he said, it'll change two whole nations. Huh? And he said, the way it'll be is through you, you training up ministers. Well, then, see, I don't come over here and hold evangelistic campaigns. Nothing wrong with that. How many of you know there are people that need to be doing that? But just because they have a big crowd doesn't mean I'm supposed to do that because I know how to get a big crowd. I can get a big crowd. Absolutely. Talk about the visions I've had. Talk about how Jesus gave me a healing ministry and a tangible healing anointing. Talk about how angels work with me. And we've seen screws melt out of people's legs and things happen. I could advertise all that and get a, and get a you know, thousands of people. But see, numbers does not equal success. Numbers does not equal success. Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, never had a television program. He was never on TV. God speaks to some people to go on TV, doesn't he? Maybe he told you. I don't know. I'm not preaching against TV. I've been on TV. But my point is, God never spoke to Brother Hagin about being on TV. He spoke to him years ago. He's praying in the Holy Ghost. He found himself going in a circle, and he was praying it out. And as he was praying it out, he got the interpretation, and he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, your ministry's been going in circles. I want you to get out of the circle. You've just been going to the same churches over and over. Get out of the circle. And then he said, and then he started making a bigger circle with his finger. This is all praying in tongues, and he got the interpretation. And he said, by the age of the Lord spoke to him by, by tongues and interpretation, by the age of 65, your ministry, the, some of the main outreaches of your ministry will be radio and the printed page. And I want you to hold your own meetings, uh, you know, uh, not, not just local church meetings, but hold your own meetings. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, so as, as the time came, see, just because God spoke to you about something doesn't mean you're ready for it. And we'll get into some of those things about that. But, but my point is that uh, Brother Hagin just was faithful to do that. God never spoke to him and said, by the time you're 65, your biggest outreach will be on TV. God told other people to be on TV. And so they need to do that. But God never told Brother Hagin. But Brother Hagin's ministry changed the body of Christ because he did what God told him to do. Probably every one of you have read one of his books. Glory. We've had missionaries go out of Rama Bible Training Center, go way back into Australia and here in Africa and, and, and the islands of the sea. And they'll go way back in where nobody's ever seen a white man like me. <laughs> Amen. Way back in there where you got to ride a donkey for three days or something like that, you know, to get there. And, uh, you know, he wants to meet the chief. And the chief said, well, I, you got you to gotta talk to me before you talk to my people. And what are you here for? What's your motive and all that? You know, through an interpreter. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, I've come to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to your people. Uh -huh. The chief said through the interpreter. <laughs> and he goes, and his little servant goes back in the back and gets a book and pulls it out. And, and through the interpreter, he asks, is, is this what you're preaching? Because if you don't preach this, you can't come. Yeah. And he holds up a Kenneth E. Hagin book. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. But see, he just fulfilled the ministry God called him to do, and it changed the world. Amen. 
change the world. Glory be to God. Am I getting through? I ask, am I getting through to you this morning? Just do what he called you to do. So, but you have to know what that is. There are people that are doing things, but there's a lot of activity, but there's not any fruit. Amen. Run the race that's set before you. Remember Hebrews says, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, uh, lay aside every weight and the sin so easily besets us, and let us run the race that is set before us. There's a race set before you, and there's a race set before me. I can't run your race. I can't be faithful. I can't fulfill your ministry. You can't fulfill my ministry. I know you're thinking hard, but you need to think hard. Listen, if you can't tell me the place and the time that God spoke to you about what you're doing today, then God is not in what you're doing, and you'll get no reward for it. When did he speak to you about what you're doing? Huh? Well, no, see, that ain't good enough. I said, that ain't good enough. You know why they came to Nigeria, Pastor Ike and Pastor Gerald and the family? Because we was in a prayer. Well, actually, God spoke to you before this. There's a, it's a whole long story. You ought to hear it sometime. Because they were looking for a house to buy. There, another house. Their family was growing. They, they needed a, more bedrooms. So they're looking for a house. And they put an, I think you actually put an offer on one. The Lord said, no, that's not the one. So you're praying about where it is. And the Lord wouldn't show you. And finally, the Lord said through tongues and interpretation, you're looking in the wrong place. And so what, does the, what is the wrong place, Lord? And the wrong place was the United States. The Lord spoke to them through tongues and interpretation. They never said a word to me. So we're in prayer. He came to, uh, I think it was just you. I don't think Miss Gerald was, maybe, maybe you were there. Yeah, you were there that day. But anyway, we were in uh, church prayer one Monday morning and I'm praying along in the Holy Ghost. God gives me, uh, I see things in the spirit, you know. I'm sure you do too. But I'm saying it's part of my gift and it goes along with my office quite a bit. And so, uh, but uh, I'm, in the, I'm praying in the spirit. All of a sudden I see a house over here in Nigeria that it's their house. And he had never said anything. Miss Gerald had never said anything about uh, God speaking to them about coming over here. How many of you know you don't have to blab everything God says? And so I'm praying along and I see a house and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I see a house over in Nigeria. You guys, got, you guys, God's going to give you a house over in Nigeria. See, I didn't know, I didn't know God was going to send them over here to live. If I'd have known that, I'd never told them. I just said, no, you can't go. You stay with me. Because <laughs> I love them. But see, if I love them, I'll let them get into the plan of God, you know. See, we got to get past these human affections, you know. And so, but anyway, uh, but I said, I see a house. I see you all have a house in Nigeria. I just thought, you know, they'd come over here and minister for a month and just live in that house, you know, and so forth and so on. But uh, no, it was the plan of God for them to come over here and live over here. Hallelujah. So we can point back. To the time and the place. They can point back to the time and the place that, that God spoke to them. They can point back to a time and a place that it was confirmed through a gift of the Spirit operating in my life. They can point back. See, that's why they're here. They can point back to a time God spoke to them to be here. Listen, if you can't point back to a time God spoke to you to do what you're doing, then whenever the devil comes, and because and, he's going to come, 
he's going to come. And he starts trying to harass and hinder and mess up your ministry and so forth and so on. If you can't point back to a time that God told you to do it, and you can't say for sure that God told you to do it, the first thing that's going to come up is, am I, do I, am I even in the will of God? And if you haven't heard from God, there's no basis for faith. It is faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And faith, Romans 10, 17, comes by hearing and hearing God. Amen. Hearing God. Amen. Hearing the word of God. Yeah. Whether it's the written word or the Holy Ghost talking to you. Amen. So if you don't hear from God, you can't do something in faith. And so the devil's going to get into it because anything that you're not exercising faith over, the devil will get into it because it's faith that keeps him out. The Bible said, resist him steadfast in the faith. And if you haven't heard from God, you have no faith. I'm talking about in that area. You don't have faith to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. Go back to the book of Romans and look at something. We'll get another aspect of that, of that truth about faith. Romans chapter number 14, I believe. Romans chapter number 14, verse number 23. He that doubts is damned. That means condemned if he eats. He's talking about eating things to idols and matters of conscience. Because he eats not of faith, for whatever is not of faith is sin. If you haven't heard from God to do what you're doing, you're not in faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Am I preaching your Bible to you? So if you haven't heard from God, you can't exercise faith over it. So the devil won't, you won't be able to keep the devil out of it. Amen. And God won't back you up because it's faith that, that, that puts God into action for you. And if God's not backing you up and you, you're not doing what God told you to do and it's not able to be done in faith, he said, here is sin. Yeah, but I thought so-and-so was doing it, and I thought I could do it. No, God didn't speak to you. Take heed to the ministry that he spoke to you about. Amen. Amen. What did he tell you to do? On, you know, there's a lot of fads that go through the body of Christ. What's, what's the word here? Fashionable things, winds of doctrine, things that change. You know, like, like for a while in the United States, if you didn't get up every morning at 6 a.m. and pray, well, then you just didn't have a ministry. You know, all these fads. If you don't pray at least one hour a day, if you, don't, if you don't have cell groups, I don't know what they call them here, if you don't do this or have this music program or, 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 or do this, well, then you're not in. You're, you're, you're not, you're not you're up, to, up to date, you know. A lot of those things are just fashions of the day, and they blow through, and within 10 years, they'll be totally gone. Yeah. It's like styles of clothes. Style of clothes changes. They, they, styles come and go. And there's things in the spiritual world that are just fashionable for a few moments. Why don't you get the plan of God? That's not fashionable for a few moments. That's for the rest of your life. Amen. Paul said, I've finished my course. I've kept 
the faith. In other words, I kept the faith means I stayed with what God spoke to me to do. I stayed with what he said, and that's where I got the faith. I kept that faith. I stayed true to the word. Amen. If you're going to have the God kind of faith, you're going to have to have a God kind of word. All right. You're going to have to hear from God. Not hear from somebody else. This is what God told me to do this morning. Some of us, listen, are under huge pressure in the ministry. Pressure for financial things that are not being met. Y'all there? Pressure in other areas to be, to be successful and so forth. Only because we have taken on things in the ministry that God never intended for us to do. And so our finances are going toward things God never called us to do. I know why I'm talking about this, because the Lord has woke me up and told me there's people here like this. And that's why you're under pressure financially. That's why you're under such pressure to succeed and have a big name and everything, because that's what it's about for you and whenever God didn't call you to do that. And so they get under the pressure of it, and they're behind financially, and they're not keeping their bills paid. Because they've added a lot of things to what God said. You know, in the Old Testament, God told them how to build the Ark of the Covenant. He told them exactly what the size was to be. He told them exactly how long it was to be, how, how tall it was to be, exactly how the angels, the, seraph, the cherubims were supposed to be over the top, the two poles that were on to be the side. He told them exactly. Cover it with gold. He told them exactly how to do it. He told him, why? Because that's the way he wanted it done. That's right. You realize when God, when, when Jesus became your Lord, what he says to you is not a suggestion. Amen. It's a command. Right. It's a command. So when God said, this is the way I want to build the ark, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Well, how many of you know if they would have built it different and built it longer, maybe put, maybe added more centimeters onto it than God said, they would be disobedient. Come on now. Well, here's my word to you this morning. Stop adding centimeters to the ark. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right over their heads. What did God say do? That's all you do. Nothing else. Don't add anything to it. I said don't add anything to it. I'm pastoring today because I had an experience with God. God said, do this. The way we do the church, the way we set up departments, the, 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 the daycare we have, very successful daycare, all that we're doing, I can point you back to a time God spoke to me to do that. Amen. And we're very careful not to add centimeters to the ark. Amen. Amen. It's awfully quiet in here. We need to hear this. Listen, some of you need to be set free from the pressure of, 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 of things you're doing because, you know, you're under the pressure to do it because peer pressure, other people are saying, well, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. No, that's not what you need to do. This is freedom. Freedom. Hallelujah. You can just look at those friends. Some of them well-meaning. They want to they help you and so forth. But just look at them and say, listen, well, I'm doing what God told me to do. And butt out. Get your nose out of my business. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. None of your business. Amen. Brother Hagin used to say all the time, he said, you keep sticking your nose in my business. He said, one of these days you're going to pull it back and there's going to be nothing but a nub there because I'm going to knock it off. 
Amen. All I need to know is what he said. What did he say for me to do? Glory. Are you getting it this morning? Now go over with me to the book of uh, uh, Acts. Now let's go to, let's see here. Go to First uh, Timothy chapter number 1. We're going to go a little further. Can you handle it? 1 Timothy chapter number 1. And we're going to go to verse number 1. Paul said something here. He said, Paul, he's introducing himself. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the command of God. Our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Paul, in 1 Timothy 1, verse number 1, said he was in the ministry by a command of God. It was not a suggestion. It was not an option. It was a command of God. We do call him Lord. Isn't that right? Sometimes people change ministries because, well, there's not enough money in this ministry. So I'm going to go pastor a church because then I'll have the money to, to, to do some other things. Oh, money is your Lord, huh? You're not to preach to get money in. You're to preach to get the word out. Got quiet on that one. We'll see how many are here the next hour. Hallelujah. No, we follow God. Money doesn't tell us what to do. That's the spirit of mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. That's spirit that tells you that you got to do something for the money. No, you don't do anything for the money. Amen. We're going to receive offerings in this conference because, uh, you know, it's scriptural to do that. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Isn't that what the Bible said? Amen. If we sown to you spiritual things, it's no great thing that we reap your carnal things. Someone said, well, then that just proves they're in it for the money. You know, they live over in the United States. They got all that money. But they came over here just to get money. Listen, if I was going to preach for money, I wouldn't come to Nigeria. Because of the exchange rate. <laughs> Amen. And I and I, I don't know if anyone in here, all of you combined, could raise enough money to pay for the expense of this trip. So, no, we didn't do it for the money. Huh? Tell your neighbor it's tight, but it's right. He's preaching pretty close. He's pre preaching pretty clean this morning. Hallelujah. Plus, what comes into in this conference, all the money is going to stay here in Nigeria. We're not going to take any of it home. Amen. Can you say or not? Can you say amen? amen? We're going to just sow it back into Nigeria. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I want to see the gospel get out in Nigeria. I just wanted you to be free from all this stuff people think about, you know. So, but anyway, Paul said, I'm a minister by the command of God. Say a command of God. Now, you remember when God called Paul over there in Acts 9, whenever he was, his name was Saul. Remember, he was on the road to Damascus to persecute Christians. Remember, the light shone from heaven and, and knocked him to the ground. We say it knocked him off his donkey, but it doesn't say he was riding a donkey, you know. 
but he was knocked to the ground. And the Bible said, uh, Saul, Saul, why, or Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Amen. And then so he said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, go to, uh, are you, maybe go ahead and go there. Look with me to Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter number 9, I want you to read one of these verses. Acts, is the, Acts 9 is where this happened. And uh, in verse number 7, we read this. It says, And when the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing the voice... Uh, no, excuse me, verse number 6. I wrote down the wrong verse. Verse number 6. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, who, uh, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. It'll be told you what thou must do. Listen to the Amplified. Do you have the Amplified version over here? The Amplified version said, Jesus, uh, who art thou? And he said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's dangerous, for, for, and I, it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad to offer vain and perilous resistance. Amen. 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 It's hard for thee, verse 5, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He said, then, he said, go into the city and it'll told, be told thee what thou must do. Yes. Must do. Yes. Not, not here's an option for you. Yes. Must. 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 Yeah, you know, uh, in our culture, I'm sure yours, uh, our governments, and rightly so, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you understand the way I say this. I'm just comparing the difference between human government and the body of Christ. But uh, human government, we champion democracy. And thank God, that's better than being ruled by a tyrant, you know. But yet, right on the other hand, did you ever think about it? The kingdom of God is not a democracy. We don't vote. Amen. We don't vote. Well, you know, I, do you want to do that? Uh, let's take a vote. No, okay. Well, the people don't want to do it, Lord. No. No, it's not a democracy. It is a theocracy. In other words, it's what he says. He's the head. We just do what he says. Glory. But notice he said what thou must do. And then in verse number five, the Amplified says that uh, it's interesting. He said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's dangerous and it will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad to offer vain and perilous resistance. I grew up on a farm, and I know what that's talking about, kicking against the goat. On the farm, we had cattle, uh, milk cows, and, uh, you know, if they didn't go where we wanted them to go, we had this little electric shocker thing, and we'd put it up against them, and it would shock them, you know, and they would, they would go like, and then kick. That's why I was on a stick. You didn't want to have a little short thing and get out close, because they'll kick you. So we had it on a long stick, you know, and, they, and they'd always kick because that hurt, you know. That's what he's talking about here. God said, Paul, I've been pushing you to go a certain direction, and you're just resisting. And he said, here's what will happen if you keep resisting. Listen to the Amplified again. He said, it will, listen, are you paying attention? It's dangerous, and it will turn out badly for you. Somebody said, it's a command. What will happen if I don't follow the command and follow the ministry that I've been ordained for? 
and that I've received from the Lord. What will happen? It's dangerous. I said it's dangerous, and it'll turn out badly. I'm preaching your Bible. I said the Bible said it's dangerous. Hallelujah. Number one. So we, we must ask the question, why is it a must that we fulfill the ministry we've received of the Lord and not some, some, something else, somebody else's ministry? You know, just what they have done. Well, because number one, it's a command. It's not an option. Number two, because it is dangerous and it'll turn out badly. Amen. To be out of the will of God is to be on Satan's territory. It'll open the door to the devil. And there'll be consequences with that. Not from God, but because you're on Satan's territory. Do you realize whenever you or I are in disobedience, we're on Satan's territory? And you know, on his territory, he's going to attack us. And listen, he has the right to. He has the right to. I said he has the right to because we're in disobedience. The place of safety is the place of obedience. Amen. The place of safety is where God told you to be. Where, where is your place in the body of Christ? What is your ministry? Listen, you're not an apostle if God hadn't called you to be apostle. And you're not a prophet if God hadn't called you to be a prophet. If God called you to be a teacher, bloom in that. And don't try to get into some anointing that's not for you. In the Old Testament, whenever people intruded into an office that they weren't called to, like one king, Uzziah, one time, he went into the sanctuary uh, and, and offered incense that God had said the priests alone were to go in there and do that. Amen. And he got all angry because the priest came in to get him out of there, you know. And he got angry. And the Bible said while he was angry, leprosy came up over his whole body. Amen. People could fall dead in the old covenant for being out of the plan of God. And if you try to intrude into a ministry that you've not received of the Lord, it's dangerous. Dangerous. And that's why some people are struggling so much financially. The reason, Brother Hagin said this, he said, the reason some ministers struggle their whole life is he said they have never agreed with God. God said, this is my plan for you. And they don't agree with that. Well, well, if I do that, I'll never be well known. If I do that, then I won't have this or I won't have that or, you know, because I want a TV ministry. I want that. It's not about what you want. It's about what he commanded. It's about what he called you to do. And if that serves somebody else as an associate pastor and not the lead, and, and, and maybe never, I don't know God, I don't know God's plan for you, but maybe it's never going to be a lead minister. Then just rejoice in it. If you knew anything about leading ministries, you wouldn't lust for it. Somebody said, well, you know, I want to be the head of a ministry. Well, uh, can you handle what I'm getting ready to say? If you're going to be the head of a ministry, then that means you've got to make all the decisions. And that means you've got to stand before the Lord and give an account for every one of those decisions. So if you knew anything about responsibility... You would not lust for being the head of something unless God puts you there. See, that's not lust. Coveting something doesn't belong to you. But if God puts you there, then he'll anoint you to stand there. And, and, and uh, he'll anoint you and tell you what to do. But if he's not called you to something, and, and then that means he's not going to tell you what to do. He's not going to lead you in that. And you won't have to give an account. So you can, you can 
if you understand that, you can readily submit to somebody else as the leader, the one who makes the decisions, and say, hey, whatever God tells you to do, we'll just get in on it. We'll do it. Amen. 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 It's a good thing to not be in a place you don't have the grace to be in. I tell people back at home, I say, you know, if God hadn't told me to, to lead men, the ministries we have, then and I'd be glad to follow somebody else. That'd be a delight for me because I'd just say, what do you want us to do? Yes, okay, we'll do it. we finish that and say, okay, thank you. I'm going to play golf. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. You go find out what God wants us to do next. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we getting through to anybody here? Tell your neighbor it's all good anyway, whether you're saying amen or not. Praise God. Remember again, Hebrews 12, 1, 2, 3, down and through there. Let us lay aside every weight. See, and there's a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that's set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Not looking unto our brother and what he's doing. Amen. Come on, sir. Amen. Amen. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The Amplified says, looking away from all that distracts. Looking away from all. See, you got, you got glittering lights going over here. They got louder music over at this church. They have, they have more, more fancy lights in their service over at this church. Looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus. Looking away from everything else everybody else is doing unto Jesus. It might appear that people who add all these things to their ministry in order to get a bigger crowd, it might appear for a while that they're ahead of you succeeding more than you. But let me tell you something about faithfulness. Faithfulness is in it for the long haul. And, and that, that fleshy stuff over there that people are doing, all that will eventually fade away. And here you are, you're just faithfully continuing to increase, continuing to increase. Amen. You need to know there's a difference between carnal ambition in the flesh, you know, for big name and big influence and big building and all that, and, and faithfulness. Run the race that's set before you. Praise God. Say that after me. I'm going to run the race that's set before me. I grew up in... Uh, you know, back there in the United States, of course, and I, I grew up in a, in a town, we, I'm sure you got it here, where uh, schools would, uh, you know, uh, form track teams and play, you know, here you got football, I believe you call it, we call it soccer, but you call it football, and there's competing sports in school with different schools, you know, schools will compete amongst each other, and so I was always good at track running the 100-meter relay, or, well, the 400-meter uh, relay, but then the 100-meter dash. And so I was, uh, I was very quick. I wasn't able to, uh, didn't have the, uh, the lungs, I guess, to endure for a long time. But I was a burst of energy out of the blocks. Amen. Until I got to Philadelphia, where, where the, heads, the, the uh, capital city of my state was, and competed with those guys out of Philadelphia, and then I was done. They, they, they passed me up. But, but my point is, I was in my high school, I was the fastest. Right. Don't even enter the race. If, if, if Jay Everly's in it, don't even get in it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. It's the truth. Yes, sir. It's not pride to tell the truth. No, 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 no. I'm not exaggerating. But then I got to Philadelphia, and then they showed me up. <laughs> but my point is this. In order to uh, compete in a race, I had to register for it. Yes. 
I had to be signed up for it. The coach had to say, I want you to run this race. Isn't that right? Well, if I got in a race that I wasn't registered for and ran and won, I beat everybody else. They'd look at the list and say, did we register? Wait a minute, he's not even on the list. Do you realize I wouldn't get the reward if I wasn't registered for that race? Come on, Amen. And that's what a lot of ministers are doing. God didn't put them in that race. See, run the race that is set before us. Who sets it before us? The head of the church. The head of the church. And so run the race that's set before us. The one that he says, I want you in this race. Now, ministers sometimes, people do it, laity do it, but ministers do this a lot. They get in something God hadn't told them to do, and they're working, they're running, they're, they're sweating. I mean, it's hard. They're working hard. They're sweating, putting forth a lot of effort. Amen. Their wife and their kids, yay, run, 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 run. But they ain't in a race that God told them to be in. So even if they cross the finish line first, they get no reward for it. Amen? Listen, there's a lot of hoopla in ministry. Just a lot of noise and a lot of loudness and a lot of celebration and a lot of clapping doesn't mean anybody's in the race God told them to be in. I'm not saying they're not in the race God told them. I said that doesn't automatically mean just because there's a lot of excitement. You know, you can create excitement a lot of different ways. I guess you have rock and roll musicians in Nigeria like we got in the United States. I don't know. But they create a lot of excitement. Amen. They come to town and hold a concert. A lot of excitement. A lot of excitement. Like I said, there's a lot of excitement. But that doesn't mean God's moving. Hello. Doesn't mean God's moving. And listen, whenever they leave, there's a whole lot of trash to pick up. A whole lot of beer cans. A whole lot of boxes, empty boxes of popcorn. Isn't that right? And that's all the people that attract the wrong crowd with the wrong kind of excitement. That's all they're going to They're going to have a mess to clean up afterwards. Because all they've got is a church full of fugitives. They're not really making disciples. They're really not schooling them in the Word of God. They're really not growing them up spiritually. They're just attracting them, getting them excited, and then receiving an offering so they can pay their bills. It's all the truth, whether you say amen or not. Maybe that's why you're not saying amen. Maybe it's hitting home. Amen. Run the race that God set before you. And here's another thing, and then we'll, we'll uh, take a break for maybe 10 minutes, then come back and hold another session. But Galatians 2, look at what it says in Galatians 2. Paul, as a minister, is writing this. I love what he said here. Galatians chapter number 2, look at verse number 7. Paul said this, contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me. In other words, I was to take the gospel to the Gentiles was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. In other words, God assigned Peter to preach to the Jews. God assigned Paul, 
Remember whenever he was struck down on the road to Damascus? Yes. Go into the city and it'll be told thee what thou must do. Remember he was struck blind. He went in there and a man named Ananias. Jesus appeared to him and said, go down there. There's a man named Saul of Tarsus praying. Oh, I've heard of him. He's out here. No, he said, go tell, talk to him. He's, he's mine now. Yeah. And he said, uh, tell him that he must stand before kings and Gentiles and take the gospel to the Gentiles. That was his assignment. He preached to Jews sometimes, but he never had any success among them. He preached to Jews and they wanted to stone him. Amen. And uh, one time, in fact, the very first, very first time he started preaching, uh, he had to be let down out of the city, out of a basket, over the wall in a basket. To stay alive, isn't that right? He never had success preaching to the Jews, but he go to the Gentiles. He has see all over the known world. Hallelujah, because that's where his assignment was. But one time he had to be let down over the wall in a basket because they were standing at the gate day and night to see if he came in or went out, you know, because they were going to kill him. They were so mad at him. The Jews were so mad at him. And so some of the disciples let him down over the, I'm getting to something. They let him down in a basket, you know. But see, here's what, 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 what that, and that's helps ministry. Yes. Those disciples, they're helping him, getting him in a basket down over the wall. Yes, sir. Do you realize that helps ministry is a valuable asset to the body of Christ? And that's not a less than position. Amen. If that's what God called somebody to do. Amen. 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 Let me think, think about this. Those disciples that let Paul down out of that, down over the edge of that wall in that basket, those disciples up there holding the rope, let him down there, probably didn't realize they were holding half the New Testament in their hands. Because they kept him alive, the move of God to the Gentiles was kept alive. Because somebody served the plan of God because that plan was being headed up in Paul's ministry. Somebody served, somebody held the rope. Half of the New Testament was in their hands because it was inside of Paul. And he wrote Colossians and Ephesians and Philippians and half the New Testament. So that's not a less than. You realize those men up in heaven today that let him down over the, the wall in that basket holding that rope that day, you know their reward is great. Amen. Because they were faithful, Amen. we got half the New Testament that we got today. So that's not a less than position. Amen. So train your people just because God hasn't called you to five-fold preaching and pulpit, pulpit preaching ministry doesn't mean that, that you're a less than Christian. Amen. 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 They can serve the plan of God just like we can serve the plan of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Preach that to your people. Tell them the helps ministry is a dignified office. Dignified office. But anyway, Galatians here, he said, I'm called to the Gentiles. Galatians 2, 7. Paul was called to the Gentiles. He said, Peter, his main assignment was to preach to the Jews. Notice that uh, they knew their call and they knew their place. Peter knew where he belonged. Paul knew where he belonged. Am I making any sense? You realize Jesus' earthly ministry, now we know when he died on the cross, he died for all of us, for the whole world, we understand that. But I'm talking about his earthly ministry, when he walked the earth as a apostle, 
prophet. He stood in all five-fold ministry office. Pastor, uh, and pastor and teacher. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. You can go through the New Testament and find that the Bible calls him every single one of them. He's the apostle and high priest of our confession. Isn't that right? He said Jesus in his own hometown, a prophet is not accepted, but in his own country, among his own kids. He was an apostle. He was a prophet. And then he said, I, I came to seek and save that which is lost. That's an evangelistic ministry. Then you're looking through the, the gospels. He did more teaching than he did anything. That's the teaching ministry. And then he said, I'm the good shepherd. That's the pastoral ministry. Jesus had the spirit without measure. You and I have the spirit by measure. I don't have what you have. You realize if I had it all, we don't need you. But I don't have it all. And if you had it all, you don't need us. Obviously, you don't have it all. So why are you trying to do it all? If you don't have it all, don't try to do it all. Well, I got to do this. I got to do that. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're going to give account for what the Lord, the ministry you've received of the Lord. But anyway, Paul and, and, and Peter, they knew their assignment. Jesus on the earth, his earthly ministry was to the Jews, to the nation of Israel. He said to one lady, she's outside the nation of Israel. I'm not called, but to the, uh, to the nation of Israel. I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of Israel. You remember that? How many of you remember that? In other words, that's his earthly ministry. Now we realize on the cross he died for the whole world. But I'm talking about his earthly ministry. When he walked this earth, he was assigned to preach there in Judea, there in, in Israel. He didn't ever go over into other lands. Amen. That's another thing about Brother Hagin. He traveled outside of the United States to preach in Canada and South Africa. A couple of times in Canada, but in South Africa once. God didn't call him to go all over the world. Yet his ministry went all over the world. And the students out of his Bible school went all over the world. Still going all over the world. Glory! So you don't have to do it all. You just have to do what God told you to do. Anyway, so Jesus knew his assignment. I'm sent to the lost sheep. He just stayed with that. Paul knew his assignment. He just stayed with that. Yes, at times he preached to the Jews, but he knew that's, you know, how many of you know you get a chance to share Jesus with somebody? You share it. But you got to know where your, your assignment is. And Peter, he just stuck with his assignment. Here's what I'm saying. In the United States, we say this. I don't know if this term will mean anything here or not, but you can't be a jack of all trades. Use that term here. You can't be a jack of all trades. Because if you try to be a jack of all trades, you're going to be a master of none. You need to master something, master one thing, or, or whatever. Maybe God's given you a couple of things or whatever. Just master whatever God's given to you and be good at it. Amen. Be good at it. If God calls you to pastor, be the best pastor you can be. And don't try to be an evangelist and a prophet and an apostle and all of it. You don't have all of it. So don't try to be all of it. That's why people wear out and burn out. And it's dangerous. It opens the door to the devil. That's why ministers die young. Jesus in a vision appeared to Brother Hagin and said, you've not been faithful in the ministry that I called you to. And he said, many ministers live and die and never even get into the first phase of the ministry I have for them. And he said, that's why many of them die young or die middle age. Amen. Paul said that we're to discern the body of Christ. 
Remember that, 1 Corinthians 11. I'm almost done with this session. We're going to take a break, but i got to get this out of my spirit here. He said we're to discern the body of Christ. Discern means to recognize and to see the, the, the whole body of Christ. Let me ask you a question. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Yes, you're a part of the body of Christ. All right, that's not a trick question. You're a part of the body of Christ. So you're a part of the body of Christ. So that means you have to discern your part in the body of Christ. Because he said discern the body. That includes your place in it because you're a part of the body. So discern your place in the body. He said, and for this reason, because of not discerning the body of Christ, many are weak and many are sickly and die prematurely. So we've seen ministers like that many times. I know a minister friend of mine, actually, got out of God's plan. God called him to one thing, but he kept pushing in all these different areas. He's doing all kinds. Of, I mean, just, just, I mean, trying to do everything. He died in his early 50s. Cancer. Well, did God do that to him? No, he got on the devil's territory and disobedience. Burn himself out, to be honest with you. Trying to do it all. Well, you can't do it all. You can't be a jack of all trades. Tell your neighbor, you're not a jack of all trades. Amen. If what you're doing spiritually is not prospering and growing, then stop and ask yourself the question. Uh, ask, ask, maybe just ask the Lord, in fact. Don't ask yourself, but ask the Lord. Uh, who am I supposed to, who am I sent to? What am I supposed to be doing? How many of you know there's an old Chinese proverb that says it's a form of insanity to keep doing the same thing and expect different results? Amen. If you're not getting results, go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's, what's, what, what am, I, am I supposed to be doing this? Yes, Amen. Ask the Lord about it. Amen. Amen. And then when you find out what you are to be doing, then do that. And you'll find that your ministry will move forward by leaps and bounds. And the anointing will be on you in that area. It doesn't come on you to do something else. It comes on you to do what you're assigned to do. Find out where you fit. And be faithful to that. And don't let the pressure of anybody else doing something else get you out of the plan of God for yourself. Hallelujah. Just be faithful. Amen. All members of the body of Christ have a place. He set us in the body as it pleased him. Find that place. Get in that place. 1 Corinthians 15.10. I'm going to quit in just a second. 1 Corinthians 15.10. Oh, it's good in here. I'm enjoying preaching to you. 1 Corinthians 15.10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I. But the grace of God, which was with me. Amen. So there's something that the grace of God is laboring in you to cause you to become. Isn't that right? There's something that the grace of God is laboring in you to cause you to become. Then we read in 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 7. I like this verse. It says, we have this treasure in our earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So what's laboring in you is the supernatural element of your life. It is the, the God part of your life. It is the divine ability of your, in your life. It is the supernatural element. Am I making any sense? And so it's not of you, it's of God. It's not your natural ability. 
It's not your natural ability. It's the supernatural element of your life. He said that, that, that it might be of God and not of us. Not of us. It's not of us. It's not just, your, well, you're talented in that area, and so, well, I'll do that. No. You might start out just wherever your talent is because you just start, start out serving anywhere you find your hand to put to you. you know? but, where, but then God will start to lead you as you are led of the Spirit. I, I, you know, I, I, was, I grew up a shy, backwards kid, and I could sit in the room all day with you and not talk to you. And God called me to preach. So it wasn't my natural personality or ability that God looked at and said, oh, he's a wing-dinger. Look at his personality. I'll use him. It's not about your personality. It's not about your personality. It's the supernatural element of your life. You may say, well, I want to do, I want an anointing like so-and-so has. Well, has God called you to do what so-and-so is doing? If not, then you're going to labor in vain over there. Hallelujah. And if you are called to it, then just be faithful and let God move, it in, move you into it in His timing. And the way it's, the, the, if you want to speed up the timing, then learn to prepare yourself for it. Because God said to Paul, Paul said, I, I, he, he enabled me, He put me in the ministry because He counted me faithful. You got to be faithful in something else before you get to what God ultimately has for you. A lot of people want to skip the preparation phase. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you have to be faithful in every phase. Let God promote you. The Bible doesn't say you're to promote yourself. You just be faithful and God will promote you. So you can't call yourself or make yourself anything. God's the one that puts us in the body of Christ. But you have to mix faith with it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So let's do it. What do you say? Hallelujah. It's not because your background. I know one minister, he said, uh, he said he had been in prison because of he had rebelled against God and had, he was in prison. And then when he got out of prison, he said, I know what God's, because he was called to the ministry. He said, I know what God's called me to do. He's called me to have a prison ministry. And so he tried to, and, and prison ministry is scriptural, isn't it? The Bible talks about it. But yet he tried to do it and fell flat on his face. No success whatsoever. And so he sought God and God said, well, that's not what I called you to do anyhow. See, it's not because of your background. Amen. Maybe somebody here, I don't know, not my business really, because you're clean in the blood now. Maybe somebody came out of prostitution. Thank God for the blood. Amen. Well, if that's your background, that doesn't mean God's called you to minister to the prostitutes, get them saved. Now, don't misunderstand me. You get a chance to. Sure you will. But I mean, spend all your effort, all your time focusing on that. If God called you to it, great. But if he hasn't, then you got to focus on the ministry God called you to. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this session? If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Eberly's ministry, please visit us on Facebook at Jay Eberly Ministries. Email us at info at eberlyministries.org or call us at 319-366-2147. And remember, God prepares the man to fit the mantle, not the mantle to fit the man.